Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right. So, yeah, it's 10 a.m., so welcome, everybody. Um, We can go ahead and begin. We're going to start with a 30-minute meditation. So if you could find a nice posture for practice, that'd be wonderful. So maybe beginning today, beginning to practice just by tuning into your motivation, your intention for practice. seeing if embedded in this intention you could include others allowing it to be an altruistic intention as we are interdependent beings And opening to gratitude. It's wonderful and precious to be here, to have the opportunity to sit with Sangha, like-minded individuals. It's rare and precious to turn inward at all whatsoever. It's revolutionary to stop, to pause, to reflect. having gratitude to be able to practice this morning. And along with this gratitude, allowing your heart of hearts 
to pay homage to the teachers, the teachings, the lineages that you feel connected to, any and all beings that have added to your spiritual growth, that have added benefit. And continuing on with the heart, in a felt sense of where you feel loving kindness, we're going to move into a loving kindness practice together today. So maybe allowing yourself to recall an instance of loving kindness. So on the receiving or giving end of loving kindness compassion, no matter how small this instance was. Just seeing where you feel this in the body. Really make it your own. Where do you feel loving kindness and compassion arise? And even if this is just intention, where do you feel the intention for loving kindness to arise? And as this also goes for ourselves, this could also relate to an inner smile, which Thich Nhat Hanh likes to reference. This wishing for ourselves to be happy. Just starting here with yourself, maybe starting with the body, maybe wishing the body to be happy. To be joyful, to be free from suffering, 
maybe recalling a little bit of that gratitude, gratitude for the body, for all that it gives us. Allowing that to ignite some loving kindness and compassion. May my body be well, may it be at ease. May my body feel relaxed. May it have adequate energy. May it feel rested. And then allowing these intentions to radiate out from the heart of hearts, extending through the entirety of your being. Touching the entirety of your body, even down to the cellular, cellular level of the body. The cells of your body are smiling, feeling nourished with loving kindness. And then looking into the emotional body. We are emotional beings. We are beings that feel. And of course, some of these feelings are unpleasant. So caring, caring and nurturing and nourishing these feelings, opening to them, allowing for greater capacity and our holding of them. May my emotions be softened. May they be met with tenderness. 
May they be met with non-judgment. May they be met with spaciousness and understanding. holding all the emotions with loving kindness, the pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. Giving them the freedom to be. and also wishing for joy and happiness. Maybe if we cannot control this 100% of the time, or even the majority of the time in some instances, we can still care for ourselves, wanting joy and happiness emotionally to arise.
And then next, moving the attention of the heart towards the mind. We are also beings that think. We have mental formations. And some of these can cause worry, stress. So sending loving kindness to the mind allowing this loving kindness to provide space, clarity, removal of mental debris, clutter. And wishing that the mind is at ease, free of worry, free of concern. May the mind be bright, may it be happy. May it be joyful. May the mind experience tranquility, serenity. May the mind in every way may it be at ease.
and allowing the heart to mix with the mind, freeing it from obscurations, delusions, replacing them with kindness, non-judgment, And finally, turning the heart towards the spiritual self. We are also spiritual beings. Beyond body, beyond thoughts, beyond emotions. And so can we send loving kindness to that part of ourselves as well? Wishing it to be nourished. Wishing it to be nurtured. That it may flourish. May our spiritual life feel rich, full. thinking of the great wisdom and love itself embodied in the spiritual aspects of our being.
May kindness extend to all parts of myself. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Extending this out to all beings, may all beings everywhere, may they too find freedom in all areas of their life, in all aspects of their being. So welcome, welcome again, everybody. So great to see you. All right, so I'm going to chat today about loving kindness. Well, actually the, the four aspects of the heart, the Brahma Viharas and how they could react or um, assist, not react, but 
maybe help with our reactions, <laughs> assist us in, in daily life. And I apologize um, for those of you that are not on the newsletter, but kind of check in with the Facebook page. Facebook was doing something really weird I was trying to post about today. And it, it there's a new like selling feature on Facebook. Like, it's not that new, I guess, but you know, you could sell something. And it thought I was trying to sell something. It was like giving me a bid or something <laughs> weird and I couldn't take it off. So um, I'll research that out, but uh, I, didn't, I wasn't selling a Sunday sit, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I apologize that, that it didn't get up there. But yeah, the topic of today is loving kindness. Uh, Brahma Vihara is in, in daily life. And um, yeah, Don is helping out uh, and he's just... Um, putting the chat box the four aspects of the heart so we could have them up there just in general kind of as we go along so of course we have loving kindness compassion sympathetic joy equanimity and i really like what he's posting here because it kind of has a succinct definition of each it has the opposite it has uh, the near enemy um also and so this is just a really good snapshot of the four aspects of the heart. Um, oh, the near enemy, by the way, that's something that that kind of could look like it or be confused, you know, as one of the aspects of the heart, but it's not it. For example, equanimity is often confused or can be confused with indifference. So that's that like the near enemy. So, yeah, as I begin today, I just I want to say how special it is. I, always, uh, I mention quite often how special it is just to sit and talk about the Dharma together and, and whatnot, but even more so with loving kindness, just that there's, there's 25 of us right now and we're sitting here for an hour and a half. We, know we just did a half an hour loving kindness practice. There's 25 of us that are going to sit here and just talk about the heart, talk about love, talk about the expansion of the heart, and just kind of take that in. It might seem normal or common <laughs> to us that are have been maybe in the Dharma for a while and have sat through and been involved with um, talks on metta, loving kindness. But it's really unique, you know. It always gives me such um, such a good feeling inside, such a warmth. Um, when we could do this, and just take that in, it's really special. It's really special to be doing this, and then, of course, thinking about how this expands not only in our lives but the lives of, of others that we touch. So this is a, a unique. It's a unique thing that we do. Right? So just want to start off with that, and and also starting off with a with a story today. Um, I have a new friend. His name's Anthony Williams. Really cool guy. Really neat dude. And uh, we're working on a project for for UCI um, regarding empathy. And he's teaching a bit on the intersection of mindfulness. Um, and social justice. Um, Anthony's an Afri African-American man. 
and he's got a really cool story. You know, he was at Tufts University and and yeah, experienced um, some uh, racism and just in difficult situations there. And he was urged by um, I forget whom exactly, if it was a counselor or a professor, but urged to to visit Africa and to be a part of a program, which he did. And so he was a young guy, I think he was like 21 years old. He ended up traveling to Africa. And he was telling me this, this cool story of, of being in Africa and he, w he was in this, this small village and one of the brothers there told him, he's like, hey, well, you know, I'm gonna take you somewhere tonight. And they were gonna walk together somewhere. And they start off on this on this journey to this um, to another gathering, actually. And he said, along the way, the man uh, grabbed his hand, like wanted to hold his hand, to hold Anthony's hand. And Anthony was like, "Ooh, that's weird." And he pulled his hand away, you know, and was having all this all these thoughts coming up, like, "Why is this guy doing this?" <laughs> and uh, and so the man that he was walking with kind of allowed him to take it in and and uh, and they, they continued walking and the man grabbed for his hand again, wanted to hold his hand while they were walking. <laughs> and so Anthony kind of just went with it and and uh, they reached their destination and there was a gathering of, of, of other men there. And they were very tender and kind to one another. And, and and would and would embrace each other and look deeply into each other's eyes and whatnot. And he realized, you know, throughout his time there, that's actually just that's just actually how it was. That's just how they were with one another. And he thought, wow, this is this is really a beautiful way to be. Really, really kind. And and fast forward to more present time. Anthony works with incarcerated youth and uh, works in the prison systems. And he was telling this story to a group um, of incarcerated uh, individuals. And there was one of the guys there, an um, in incarcerated youth, and started to scoff, you know, at this story um, of, you know, in, uh, you know, two men holding hands, this and that. And um, so Anthony asked this, this kid, he said, you know, have you ever held hands with another man? And the kid was like, oh, hell no, you know, I would never do that. And, you know, he said, oh, that's gay and this and that. And Anthony was like, okay, you know, just, but I, would, I really want you to reflect on this. Just think, think back, like. Have you ever held hands with another man? And so again, he's kind of had a lot of aversion to even that statement. He says, but I really want you to reflect. Have you ever held hands with another man? And so the, the kid reflected and he thought back and he said, you know, he said, yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I have. When I was younger, my dad, my uncle used to hold my hand. You know, when I'd cross the street, they would 
they'd hold my hand. And, and Anthony asked him, why do you think they held your hand? And the kid said, well, because they loved me. And Anthony asked him, he said, well, what if you lived in a place where you never grew out of that? Well, that, where that was okay to express love in that way. And it was, it was so beautiful to think of that. And, you know, I think just to kind of give away the idea of the talk today, which is, or the theme of the talk, sorry, my dog Wolfie, <laughs> he's sitting on my lap, speaking of love, um, is what if we never moved away from our heart? What if we lived in a place, what, what, if, what if we never grew out of our hearts? And, you know, maybe we Maybe we cannot think of a time when we lived fully from the heart. But, you know, part of the idea of Buddha nature is this basic goodness, is that, you know, this basic goodness that lives in all of us. And there's an idea that this is the core of our beingness. You know, the core of our beingness is actually loving kindness and compassion. And that we have moved away from it into some sort of self-cherishing and that has led to to greed, to uh, hatred, anger, you know, delusion. And so this question, you know, what what if I have never what if I never move away from the heart? You know, what if I live in that place? And these Brahma Viharas these heavenly abodes of loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity. These are tools to meet every situation with the heart. So whatever situation is arising, we could we could move back into one of these and you know basically live from this place, this place of loving kindness. So speaking of that, I really like Analeo. Um, Analeo, as many of you know, he's a he's a German descent. Um, he's a Theravada monk and really brilliant scholar. He's, he's he's known widely for his brilliant um, uh, interpretation of the Satipatthana Sutta, just like the, the most brilliant interpretations that we have. But he, he likes to you know, speak of the Brahmaviharas and these aspects of the heart in relation to the sun and the moon. And I really like his analogy. You know, he says that loving kindness is like the sun at high noon. It's just high, it's just shining infinitely. And that compassion is... Um, the sun at sunset. So you kind of get a, a more tenderness here, like the ending of the day, the moving into the night. You know, compassion can arise with this flavor. 
you know, the flavor of the sun as sunset. Um, I'm actually going to put these in here. Oh, I think Dawn's going to do it for me. So you could have these. Um, sympathetic joy. This is rejoicing in the good fortune of self or others. So when good fortune arises, you know, can we have tenderness towards that? And so this is the wish that those that good fortune um, only increases over time. So this is like the sun uh, at sunrise. So we get that feeling of brightness, a new day, new opportunities, you know, potential for good for good for goodness to arise. And then equanimity, which I think is a, the most unique. Um, aspect of the heart and maybe the most fruitful um, something that we could use in so many different situations so he likens equanimity to the, the flavor of equanimity um, to be present during nighttime so it's like the moon at night so it's shining in the, in the darkness equanimity is shining in the darkness <clears throat> And so this is really powerful because equanimity uh, can be present. It, it's present within within the scope of of um, of dukkha, of, of of basic suffering or unsatisfactoriness. So we could still care. We could still uh, access the heart. We could still access loving kindness. You know, even though. Things might not be going to plan, right? So just to speak on equanimity a, a little bit, equanimity is this aspect of the heart that that knows that we can we cannot control the causes and conditions that are arising, and so we could we can care for others, but we know we can't take away. Um, old age, sickness, death, for example. So if we take a look at our own body, so we did this you know, just now in our meditation, we sent loving kindness to our bodies. And our bodies, we cannot, um, we cannot place our bodies in infinite health. You know, but we could try to take care of our bodies. So our bodies most likely will, well, they're definitely going to experience some sickness. They might experience old age and definitely experience death. But we are going to care for them regardless, right? So equanimity allows us to do this. And when we look at equanimity, you know, meeting the, meeting the suffering, we can't, take away the suffering of, of other individuals that are going through a hard time, but we could wish and care for their happiness, right? And so it's important to note as we reflect on something like equanimity, that by transforming our own heart-mind, that this is the gift. So that, that is the gift that we're giving this is the gift that we're giving to ourselves, giving to them, giving to the world, 
if the entire world, if all beings in, in, um, if all beings were coming from that place of loving kindness and compassion, um, if they're coming from a place of equanimity, we could see, we could just, we could reflect on um, what a beautiful place we'd live in. If people were coming from a place of, of compassion and loving kindness, sympathetic joy, what a beautiful place that would be. You know, even if we weren't taking away the realities of, of uh, the, the external conditions, if everyone was meeting those external conditions with these four aspects of the heart, how beautiful would that be? So even if we cannot take away all the suffering, we could transform our own mind and that could be a beautiful gift. And, and this gift, you know, to ourselves is, uh, you know, I already touched upon it, which, which is this self-cherishing nature of the mind, so we have this self-cherishing nature, and it's because of this um, kind of selfish, um, uh, more egoic uh, perspective of mind that allows for for this uh, this this uh, these attachments to arise that allows for um, anger, delusion, um, ignorance to arise. So we can see that without this, you know, without the self-cherishing nature, we could be free from those attachments. So this is the, the, the true beauty of it. And kind of to dive a little bit deeper into to, to that aspect, I want to bring up a couple things. I was reading an article by Gil Francel and um, it's a really it's a really short um, article, and I could maybe even I I took some excerpts from it, which Don is going to um, to post, but I'm also going to give you the link. Let's see, and it's just this really cool short little article on on Nirvana. But when I read it, I was thinking of loving kindness. Um, you don't need to click on that right now, by the way. Just, um, just uh, yeah, the, what we're going to kind of go over is, is in the chat box from, from Don. We'll start with that number one. And I just want to kind of point to the, this word Nirvana for, for a moment. And then we could talk about how it relates to the heart. And as many of you know, Nirvana, you know, it was just in the lexicon of the Sanskrit vocabulary. And it was just a word, you know, it, Nirvana wasn't enlightened, didn't mean enlightenment. It didn't mean uh, anything like that. It just meant to, to like, um, to like put out a fire, uh, to cool uh, something. And, and the Buddha, you know, referenced it as, an, uh, as a, a way to describe uh, the liberated mind, um, and so nirvana has kind of become a way for us to describe uh, liberation. Um, but samsara and nirvana, of course, are not places; they're not like realms of existence. They're just states of um, of being, right? 
So just to read this first one, Gilfran sales number one, Nirvana in Sanskrit. Of course, it's Nibbana in Pali. It literally means to go out like a fire, to cool. Applied to the mind, it refers to extinguishing the fevers of greed, hate, and delusion, the roots of suffering. The Buddha's choice of this term was intimately tied to the imagery of his famous fire sermon where he states everything is on fire the eyes are on fire sights are on fire visual perception is on fire the ears are on fire the nose is on fire the tongue is on fire the body is on fire the mind is on fire they are on fire with greed hate and delusion and so we could say they're on fire with attachment you know the senses are on fire with attachment because they, the more pleasure that they seek um, and they experience, uh, of course, there's craving mind, and then all of these senses are also experience aversion. So they're on fire with this aversion. So they're on fire with attachment and aversion. And then Gil Francel is talking about, you know, the the experience of nirvana you know this this freedom from attachment so in the, in the second piece here experiencing nirvana is like taking a dip in a refreshing pond a quick dip and we are slightly refreshed with a long soak we are thoroughly refreshed even the first brief dip into Nibbana is a powerful lesson in the possibility of a great happiness, freedom, and peace, not dependent on the conditions of the world. As long as someone believes happiness can only be found through the right conditions, it makes sense to cling to those conditions. Even when knowing full well that all conditioned phenomena are subject to change, but when there is a direct visceral experience of an alternative, the enchantment that fuels this clinging lessens dramatically. So speaking of this dip, dip in ref a refreshing pond, you know, this analogy here, I couldn't help but thinking of the Brahma Viharas. You know, to, to experience... Um, and again, what if we didn't forget the heart? You know, what if we met any experience? What if we met it with the heart? And and we could all reflect on when we have, and when we ref when we when we act from this place of the heart, we we act from this place of non-attachment. There is a negation of freedom from the the hindrances, agreed. I mean. Um, uh, the hindrances and the three poisons, this, um, this greed, hatred, and delusion. So there's, a, a, there's this immediate cooling, uh, cooling down, snuffing out the self-cherishing aspects. And I'm saying self-cherishing aspects in more of a, a selfish way, not in a positive self, um, you know, compassion and, and kindness, of course, right? So, so looking at it from from this way, and reflecting on the the simple fact that through these aspects of uh, these four aspects of the heart, we can meet any and all situations 
um, with some form of heart opening. And this allows us to see the totality of things, you know, um, Vipassana, insight, and, and many kind of uh, definitions and whatnot is to see the totality of things exactly as they are. You know, when we look at the moment, we're not looking at the moment as an individual thing. We're looking at the moment as a totality of what is arising and to be with the totality of how things are. So obviously, if we get mixed up with, with anger, for example, we're only seeing anger. We're not seeing the awareness of anger. We're not seeing um, opportunities for compassion that either if we're feeling hurt, if we're having anger, we're probably feeling hurt. So we, uh, we're not seeing the compassion for our own hurt. If somebody is acting in a way that is hurtful, we're not able to see um, that they're hurting in some way. So in, in a very real way, these aspects of the heart are opening ourselves to the totality of the experience of right now and, and opening to those, those potentialities that stand um, maybe beyond what's just front and center, right? being able to expand out. You know, as soon as we access the heart, there's like infinite possibilities that arise. Right? If we're not coming from a place of, first of all, awareness, so we don't know what's going on. And then through that awareness, of course, we could open to one of these aspects. If we're not really accessing awareness and compassion, it's very difficult to see the, the totality, the big picture of what is actually here. And more importantly, what am I doing with what's here? <laughs> like, how, how am I reacting to what's here? It's very, very difficult. Very difficult not to be swept away and, and lose, lose our base. But with this awareness, we have an opportunity to, um, to cool the fires, to, to be keenly aware of, of attachment, uh, keenly aware of aversion, right? And be able to cool down in, in that way. So there might be just one other thing I want to touch upon before we go. Um, yeah, I guess just in, in general, like, you know, it's, it's always nice to reflect on, on the, these four aspects to look at the opposite, the near enemies and the opposites of, of each aspect of the heart. Obviously, the, the opposite of loving-kindness is hate. Um, the opposite of compassion is cruelty, you know, wanting others to suffer. It's very sad even to say that, you know. Um, uh, jealousy, like this, you know, sympathetic joy, the opposite of that would be, you know, envy or jealousy. And the opposite of... Um, of equanimity would be, you know, favoritism, 
um, and also I think the opposite of of equanimity would be um, kind of not being okay with how things are. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. <laughs> um, kind of like uh, yeah, this this kind of far-reaching perspective of wanting things to be different um, also. But yeah, it, it's just nice to kind of read through these and we won't have time to go through them all, but just kind of read through their what their antidotes for, what is their um, the near enemy and the far enemy. And that's just really good for reflection because they come up on subtle levels um, all the time. And so we could just reflect on that. Like, hey, again, what if I didn't move from one of these and if I'm feeling uh, envy or jealousy from looking at um, something on social media like oh I wish I had that or whatnot you know can I reflect I'm so happy for them and I'm so happy that they got that and um, I rejoice you know I rejoice in their good fortune may their good fortune not cease but actually grow stronger and stronger and grow brighter and brighter you know to just watch that transformation of mind. Um, so yeah, I you know, definitely want to break up into, into some groups this morning. And, um, you know, I was so taken by uh, the first story that I told, Anthony's story about um, you know, it's really it's really about reflecting on like what if we didn't leave the heart and do we have our own you know stories or experiences you know, in your own life where this showed up for you maybe in unexpected ways like were you shown uh, loving kindness compassion maybe in a situation that, that you didn't expect to find it um, or different aspects of your own life that you're attempting to bring uh, or to meet with a better understanding of the heart, right? So just different ways that we can uh, contemplate, reflect on what's it like or examples of when we haven't left, when we've stayed with the heart during different situations or maybe difficult situations. I think it would be nice to learn from each other um, in this way so um yeah I'll, I'll take us into breakout rooms we'll have about 15 minutes or so um together to reflect um so richard said to to discuss what we want us to discuss i i can just i can post what i want you to discuss but just i maybe i could just reframe it um talking about experiences where you stayed with the heart or somebody that you, that you were in a situation where somebody stayed with the heart and how that assisted um, in some way or things that you could work on in your life or have been working on that you're just bringing more loving kindness towards that. Yeah. Hopefully that, that's clear. Welcome back everyone. You know, I was just saying, it's like a, I never really like bringing people back because I, I never know what part of the discussion you're in and don't want to cut people off and all that stuff. So yeah, I apologize. 
um, somebody who's in the middle of something, but um, yeah, I'd love to share uh, any wisdom that came up for you guys um, in the smaller groups, if anyone would like to share in, in the larger groups. So it seems like there was sort of this common thread of, of, of the gift that we can give to ourselves, of radical honesty and radical acceptance of our own experience, which is very loving, and that also doing that for others, um, so deeply heart-based, and that it seems simple, but I was thinking of your story, Casey, and that how over time we we cover up and we develop, you know, armor that uh, protects our, ourselves from our, our true heart. And so continuing to commit to being vulnerable and just realizing like that's one of the biggest, you know, gifts that we could give to each other is being our full selves. And even though that could be very scary, keep, keep choosing that. So that's, that's something that was coming up. Yeah. Beautiful, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Gonna distill what I was thinking about. I think it's just the, being equanimous during people making choices that seem like they're, bringing, they're gonna bring them suffering. something that, that I've seen a couple of people doing in the last couple of weeks and really got under my skin a little bit. So I guess sending, sending me loving kindness, sending them and really hoping that their, their path is their path and they'll be okay. But yeah, it's, you know, and wishing them the best. Thank you. In our group, can you hear me? In our mm -hmm. group, um, we more or less all agree that it's challenging to be kind and not judgmental to some people in our society who are just the opposite, especially um, the name Rush Lumbaugh, I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, but the newscaster who passed away, we were talking about, um, how he has added a lot of um, prejudice, racism, negative qualities to our culture and to be loving kind and show loving kindness to everyone and him being one of the people that was on this earth. It's a real challenge, a real challenge. We were talking about that. We all wanna to get to that point. It's, it's difficult. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's the, the experiment, you know, that we're, we're trying on. How do we cool that fire, you know? And the experiment of what that brings to us and those around us. And, and yeah, definitely challenging. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Our group. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're the same group. You go. Go. Well, I uh, I just wanted to kind of go off of what was just said. Our group didn't talk about that, but that was something that I was kind of thinking about a lot this week with with 
Limbaugh dying because those those instances come up where like bad people seem to bring out like even bad things in seemingly good people. Like there's just so much like vitriol and, and hate that just kind of swirls around there. And it's kind of hard to balance that idea that like, well, this is still this person at one point was like a baby and like a kid and wasn't that like we were all that at one point and, and, and I assume it's just causes and conditions that create somebody like that and and I, I don't know how to balance that idea of like I'm not going to dump on somebody even if that person is is quote unquote evil but you know how do you hold that so I don't have it's just a thought that I was having also this week that just just came up so I thought I'd share yeah, yeah. Just one thing that comes to mind quickly um, is that j just like you were mentioning that obviously ill will and and whatnot, hatred has its you know effect on on those around around them and society and whatnot. You know, so does uh, loving kindness, compassion. And so you know, if we can hold that and just be that and then that'll have that effect. It always feels like the, it always feels like the ill will comes easier for people, like, and and the 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 loving kindness, the the good things. They it 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 feels so much harder for people to. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Jackie, you have a, a term that I heard from you years ago called a precious gem. They become a big tech to resolve, overcome that. I, I, I've always helped with that. <laughs> Thank you um, so much for this topic. It was extremely, extremely timely. Um, so I have a very good friend who is, uh, whose husband is is uh, dying from cancer. I, it sounds like it's imminent. I was with her yesterday. Um, and I, all of the, all of the Brahmaviharas were coming up, you know, as she was, as I was spending time with her. Um, I, I think, you know, um, I, I was, what was difficult, I think, when she was sharing that she had, a, was going to the mortuary um, and, uh, and was told by hospice to do it because there's such a backlog right now um, at, at the mortuaries. And I, just I I just was really trying to meet that with it was very difficult to to meet because I did not want to I wanted to be fully present for my friend and not share any of my feelings about things you know just um but but it was that that was difficult and so really cultivating equanimity that that we don't we can't these things we can't control um so, uh, but, but it was very, um, all of, all of those, those practices. And she was saying a lot of people were, I, I felt myself wanting to say to her, well, you should do this. And I, I really was being very careful to just be open and really open my heart as much as possible and be present without any, any, any story. So um, I, I, it was a, a really, a very important lesson for me to to learn so thank you
Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Our group went um, kind of to Mudita, the sympathetic joy and a couple different topics, but one that came up and I'll kind of paraphrase it um, is um, the vaccine um, being so thrilled when we have access and feeling a little bad when we don't or being careful because for those so many who are not having access and uh, yeah, feeling compassion for them and joy for those who may be getting it when others can't. So that kind of came up in our group a bit. Thank you, thank you. Okay, maybe um, let's just dedicate the merit. So I'll come into posture one more time. And just kind of maybe just moving back into that story of there's this place where people didn't grow out of their heart. And the men in that community treated each other with so much love and respect. And just thinking of a place where we all lived in our heart. We all met the challenges of everyday life with aspects of the heart. Maybe visualizing, we're just sending out the intention that all the hearts of the world are awakened are all accessed, the doors are open. And then we could all meet each other in this beautiful way, caring deeply about one another. Caring for each other's sufferings. And coming from the tender place of loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. May all beings everywhere without exception, may they all be happy and free from suffering.
You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.